Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Binance Podcast. I'm Dami Lola, I'm your host for today. And I'm joined by the amazing Gary Vaynerchuk, popularly known as Gary V. You know, investor, <laughs> entrepreneur, author, what am I missing out? Communications guru, <laughs> NFT guru. It's a pleasure to have you with us today. How are you doing? I'm well, you're very sweet. I'm flattered and I'm excited to be on the show. Great. Um, so a lot of our audience are in the crypto and blockchain space, and many of yep. them obviously know you from social media and your work in comms and a lot of the stuff you talk about with NFTs. But I think the first question everyone wants to know is, how did you get into the crypto and blockchain space? Um, people are starting to discover some of my tweets from 2014, 2016. Um, it was part of this group that I would go to South by Southwest with. We would call it the Jam Session, some incredible you know, it was just literally you go to South by Southwest and then late night after you did the conference and after you did a dinner, we would meet in a hotel room and just shoot the shit. What's going on? Smart minds, debating, pontificating, learning. And my dear friend, Aaron Battalion was the chief technology officer of a company called Living Social, which was a Groupon competitor, very strong technologist. And he and a couple of others uh, brought up Bitcoin in the 14... 14- jam session. And, and so I bought some, really didn't understand it. Um, you know, understood the thesis, didn't buy it because I was so bullish, bought it because I wanted to learn. In general, I don't, I'm not really a financial engineer. I don't love public stock, let alone currency trading. And so that was happening. Two years later, at the same jam session at South by, he told me about Ethereum. And that really caught my attention because I was like, smart contracts, what do you mean buying a home on the blockchain because the lease is up? You know, I understood the power of decentralized servers. But again, I'm a consumerist. So I only get crazy loud when I think the masses are ready. So, you know, I made some small investments. I mean, I, me and my brother, AJ, got Dogecoin the day it came out. Right. You know, I, we, did a, we did a solid amount on Ethereum. I got into it. It bubbled up again in 16, 17. And then about a year ago, I just started realizing that the NFT space was really happening, not kind of happening. But I was so deep into sports cards, I was trying to navigate my company out of COVID. Saw a couple of things that caught my attention, but I said, you know what, this winter, this holiday season, mm-hmm. I'll get into it. And that's what happened. You know, in January, I went full, you know, seven months ago, eight months ago. And by January 10th, after getting very serious in mid-December 29th, I had already spent 100 hours looking at CryptoPunks. Wow. I had a very good sense of what happened with, you know, Mooncats and CryptoKitties and... I'm sorry, not Mooncats. I was a little bit later, but CryptoKitties. And I was obsessed with CryptoPunks and with Larva Labs. And that quickly turned into, I'm going to make my own. Because what I knew about myself was Web 1.0 and Web 2.0, when I had that eureka moment... I made, I made winelibrary.com. I made Wine Library TV and stood up Gary V. And I knew that if I was going to understand the NFT part of the blockchain that I had to make. And so I immediately started making V friends. But that also led me to meeting a lot of the on-chain OGs. 
I stood up a fund, me and AJ, my brothers started investing. So I'm starting to meet with, you know, layer two immutable this and looking at other blockchains and polka dot this and Cordano that and, you know, and Cosmo this and reading and your platform and listening and podcast and watching and Twitter and discord and Twitter and discord and YouTube and podcasts and just do what I do well, which is, you know, a lot of people whether they think it's a good thing or a bad thing, they definitely view me as someone who talks a lot and puts out a lot of stuff. But I always laugh because you read a lot it's of such a smaller, oh, it's such a smaller part of what I actually do. I spend so much time listening. You know, I'm not a great reader. So social works for me, quick little hits, quick little hits. I'm very intuitive. I don't read the same things that people read. I think they go for experts and I go for humans. So I'm starting to see like normal people and then top shop right? I, a year ago today, probably I sat down with on Zoom with Roham with NBA Top Shot. So I watched that the whole, you know, winter and fall. And so I'm seeing normal people, even though they don't realize they're buying, you know, crypto or blockchain or NFT. And obviously, you know, flow is a little bit different the way Top Shot did it. It was fiat, not Ethereum. So there was, you know, some differences there, but it was all just a culmination. So I had my Eureka, Eureka, Eureka moment in late January, early February, where I said, oh, this is going to be a significant chapter of my professional career. And six months later, I have Vayner Fund. I have VFriends has done 50 million in revenue. I have, you know, stood up Vayner NFT, which has, you know, ABI InBev, uh, you know, as, as a client, AB InBev. I, I have ton of relationship. I have incredible friendships. I have 55 discords open at one time. Wow. I have I have this podcast to be on. So, you know, I'm very deep at this point. I, I wanted to um, go a bit deeper into VFriends and Vayner NFT. Um, what inspired VFriends first and then Vayner NFT? There's some videos that I'll show eventually that two years ago, I was working on a project to make a toy called Workplace Warriors. I like that name. Thank you. I realized that a lot of people were emailing me from work, feeling upset and unhappy and were needing me for a boost or an inspiration or to think through a problem. One of the great things about having a big platform and caring so much about your community that you actually read all your DMs and comments is you get tremendous insight, which is why I tend to be early on things. I realized people were really struggling at work that like, you know, that I knew that we all know that that's common sense, but I mean like, okay, a stunning amount of my direct messages and my text on my community platform come at 11, 13 AM at 2.05 PM, right? At 12.30 PM at 9.05 AM. And it's happening because of something that happened at work. And I said, you know what, if I, and I love toys and I love collectibles and I love intellectual property. And if you watch my videos over the last 10 years, the amount of times I've referenced Pokemon and Disney, and I'm going to buy nostalgic brands and reconvert them. I've been flirting with this concept, what Friends has allowed me to do, but I always thought I would buy it and refurbish, not create my own. Once I understood what the NFT platform was, I realized that I could stand up my own intellectual property. But then became the question, what? And basically what VFriends is, is what I was working on two years ago called Workplace Warriors, which was Empathy Elephant, right? Patient Panda, you know, being the bigger man boar, you know, like, like it was like going to be these characters, right? Kindness Kangaroo. And what I wanted was people to buy them because I wanted to be an entrepreneur and have a business and start intellectual property. But I thought, so it's not just selfish, selflessly, I believed that a lot of people would put these toys on their desk. And when their boss was shitty, they would look at it and it would give them much like, yeah, it's just how the world works, whether it's a book or a pendant or a religious symbol or a Nike logo or right a hairstyle, like that's how humans actually navigate. And so it was the second I said, I'm going to, oh my God, I can start my own intellectual property on it, on this platform. The next thing became, oh, wow, 
I can do this mission I've been having about pushing the best attributes of humanity. Like, I love Accountable Ant. It's one of my favorite characters. I love that little character and I can't wait to develop him or her over the next 25 years, 50 years, because I know that accountability actually makes people happier, not sadder. Like when you think about what, what did I have to do in this negative situation, not it blaming everybody else, you actually over time become happier. So I'm on a very um, noble mission that is v- with, with VFriends and on a very uh, selfish, self-gratifying, scratching my own itch, my own ambition, my own competition, my, on, my own entrepreneurship, my own aspirations and tenacity mission, which is why I think it's going to work. It's so real to me. Um, so I love that you mentioned Discord. It's a, I only discovered Discord like two, three years ago, and I think it's such an amazing community. Um, and you're really popular across social. I mean, I watch your YouTube videos when you used to do Ask, Ask Gary Vee and all of that. And also in the crypto space, um, community and social were really impactful in the early days as well. What um, more do you think um, we need to do to um, educate people using social and, and that community field to bring more people into NFTs and crypto and blockchain? More entertaining 101. I think the reason I pop, and it started with wine, and I never, I mean, you have to remember, I was 30 years old before I made a piece of content for the internet. Oh, wow. So I'd never associated myself as a personality. You know, I always thought I was a businessman, right? That was my life. That was going to be my life. In hindsight, 15 years later, I realized, oh, I see. I have a personality and a communication style that is entertaining to many, annoying to some, but entertaining to many. But I break things down with analogies and contact that actually help people learn. And what a great gift. You know, I almost feel like my lack of education and not being well-read, I feel like my purity of my kind of average Joe has actually turned out to be an incredible benefit for my career and for the people that consume me. It comes natural to me to explain an NFT. Uh, you know, I can give them parallels to, did, did you buy sheep on Farmville? Do you think a blue check mark on Instagram is worth something? Would you pay for it? You know, why are you really wearing Nikes? You're actually social signaling. You're not, you know, you don't think it's a better sneaker. It's representing its identity. Mm-hmm. That's what a public, I also project well. Oh, I think these wallets are going to be public and people are going to see. And so Gary, my, my new social media is not just going to be my pictures and videos. It's going to be what tokens do I have? Well, how does that represent me? Oh, wait a minute. This is going to be utility. Why would anybody issue a ticket that isn't an NFT? They can make more money long tail if they make it an NFT versus a QR code. You know, like, so, you know, I think that, um, that is what's going to happen. And, and I think what this space needs is less incredibly brilliant financial, knowledgeable individuals communicating above people's heads because that group has come and that group has made a decision they're in or out. What we have remaining is 7.7 billion people on earth who don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah. And I apologize, last point. I, what's fun for me is I lived this. I lived everybody saying Twitter was stupid in 2006. Who cares if you're gonna you know, walk the dog or why would anybody care if I posted a picture of my pizza? My intuition at the time was everybody. And my intuition today is everybody will own an NFT in 10 years because the world will be using it as a utility. One of my favorite videos that you put up recently was when you were talking about NFTs and you used an example of a company, I can't remember one, but issuing, you know, um, I think it was like, not, it was some sort of like card and issuing it with an NFT, um, a pizza place. I can't remember which one. Yes, Uh, yes. 
I think it was Lou's Pizza. And I yes, love that. It was Lou's. Thank you. I yeah. made that up on the spot. But All right. But you explained to people that, you know, how you explained to the company how using NFTs would basically make them richer and also make their lives. Yes. Yeah. Right. And for Correct. a lot of people in the crypto space and even me, when I got in, it was about how does crypto help me? How does it change my life? What are the simple use cases? So I think what you do is really important. And I agree, like breaking down things in a very simple way and giving them the basics in or even explaining things like you do, you know, using NFTs. Like and that. thank you. And remind people that they didn't know. Like, for example, in America right now, we're living through the great revolution of QR code because every restaurant has kind of flipped. Even local restaurants in smaller towns now have a QR code, not a menu. Yeah. And what a lot of 59-year-old customers didn't realize was if they opened their photo in their iPhone, it default worked. I believe that the iPhone and the Android phones and whatever, maybe a new company comes along, the way those phone devices are going to interact with NFTs future NFT readers. I like reminding people, you said no to QR code. You said, remember how many people said that they would not get an iPhone and would always stay with their BlackBerry? Remember how many people said that they would never get a Facebook or Twitter account? Remember how many people said they would never put their credit card into, you know, I'm old, you know, so when I launched winelibrary.com, my dad's friends said that nobody's ever going to put a credit card into a computer. They don't want their numbers stolen. That, I mean, that was a very big conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I've lived through the world saying no and me saying yes. And I really believe reminding people that helps them say, oh, wait, maybe you're right. I have done that. Maybe I should take a look at NFT one more time. Absolutely. There are, there's a lot of coverage about how NFTs are just hype or a trend. And I feel like a lot of your content speaks and shows how it's not. But um, what would you, again, say to people who think NFTs are going to be over in a year or so? That I have no interest or desire to convince them. You I know, like it's, 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 you know, I, re- I have zero passion. You know, I think a lot of people, one of the biggest mistakes is I think a lot of people that come into a space try to convince people for their own financial benefit. I'm not here for my own financial benefit. I, can, I have and can and always will be able to make money. It was a gift that I was given as entrepreneurial DNA. I'm here to be historically correct. I'm here for legacy. So when you're here for legacy, the history books, are written later. You know, I don't need to convince anybody so that Ethereum gives up, goes up. I actually don't give a shit if Ethereum goes up or not. I'm happy to go on the next, you know, chain that, and I'm passionate about NFTs because I know exactly what they are. I believe that Web 1.0 digitalized information and now we could actually find stuff and I didn't have to go to an encyclopedia. I also knew that uh, Web 2.0 digitized um, uh, communication that what used to be a letter or having a coffee with each other um, is, that's for you, is now being done socially, right? What I think NFTs are doing is they're digitalizing commodities. Right. So, right, what, what I think is happening is you and I, I see some stuff in your background, uh, the hat I'm wearing right now, humans have bought things forever, collected things forever. People were collecting pebbles and, and, and people communicated, chiefs, used to put certain colors on their skin so everybody knew who the heck they were, right? Metals in early wars, years and years and years and years and years ago. It Humans communicate through physical goods. But the reason they did it through physical goods is people could see it. As we now live digital, people can see 
your NFTs more than they could see the art in your home. Definitely. People can see your NFTs. That's why following count and blue check marks mattered. That was more seen than your bank account or you know what Mercedes you're driving. So this is this is a hundred percent going to happen because it's already happened. It's happened in Fortnite in 2K, in Roblox, in Minecraft. And it happened 15 years, 12 years ago on Farmville when a lot of people were on Facebook and people bought sheep to have a better farm, right. to show people they had a better digital farm. This, th that's why I love this. This has already happened. I'm not guessing. So to answer your question, I, I went very long-winded, but I answered it right away. I have zero interest in convincing anybody. You have your opinion. I have mine. You share your thoughts. I share mine. And we'll see what and if I'm, Yeah. And, and if I'm wrong, I can't wait to make videos in seven years with all these videos, this clip with you and me and me. Like, in hindsight, what I didn't see was this. Or in hindsight, what I didn't see was that. When you have humility, you don't have fear to put yourself out there with what you believe. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Gary. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. Before we leave, I just have one quick question that I know a lot of our uh, listeners will have. What is your favorite asset? And are there any uh, assets that you're keeping your eye on that you can share with us? You, that's a very... <laughs> uh, I'm looking at a lot of projects. I'm very worried. I think 99% of the projects that I'm buying will go to zero because I think we're going to have a supply and demand issue. There'll be too many projects for the demand and it's going to be like any other collectible. Most of it will fall. My prized asset definitely is my CryptoPunks zombie. I'm very proud to have one of those. I'm, I'm very into it. I also have a huge collection of CryptoPunks uh, purple hat. Those are my favorite ones. So those stand out. Um, I, I bought some teacup from a 12-year-old in Central or South America that I think mean a lot to me because, um, because I think it represents what's happening, right? The fact that I put real money into a 12-year-old from, I think Honduras, I, I really don't remember, but like somewhere, not, not Mexico City and Buenos Aires, somewhere smaller, that's really meaningful and really inspires uh, that artist and really, um, really just speaks to the preview of the power. I would also say that I have a specific affinity towards um, Fame Lady Squad. You know, with all these avatar profile projects, kind of the first one that came out that was all female characters really kind of just hit me. I was like, you know, because I'm looking for, it's less about my overall morals and my incredible passions for DNI. It's actually just more that I want more people to understand this space. And when I see a project like that, there's the human part of me, the normal person that's like, that's great. That's good. Like, that's just the right thing to do. And then there's the person that has ambition for people to learn professionally saying, Ooh, I know this project will bring more women into it. That's 10 to 500 new people that would have normally not gotten into it. Kudos on that project. And I'm looking for more of those because those kind of projects. So that's what stands out to that question. Awesome. Well, thank you, Gary. It's been a pleasure Cheers. to you and all the best. Thank you. Be friends and Vayner NFT. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.